A reboot, boys, is when Hollywood wants to make a lot of money without the hassle of creating a new movie. So they take an old movie and change just enough to make you pay for the same all over again. Those greedy animals. Oh, it's insidious. They take a flick you loved as a kid and add youth and diversity to it. For example, name the movie where a robot has secret plans that could help the good guys beat the bad guys and their leader in a black mask by blowing up a giant ray gun in space. Star Wars. No, The Force Awakens. See, now that's what you call a reboot. Hello, Rasters, and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Roundup. I'm Alex. I'm Dan. And, uh, well, this week we are going to be covering reboots, Dan. Yes. They came, they saw... But did they conquer? And should they have come back again? Well... Some of them should have done, and definitely some of them shouldn't have done. And for the next, well, probably 40 to 50 minutes, I guess... We'll be sharing some of our reboots, failures and successes, and perhaps some of yours as well, thanks to the power of social media. Yeah. But, um, Dan, I'm going to start off. And this one, well, in, in, in a usual The Weekly Roundup fashion. Are you going to give us a blinder to start us off with? No. Oh, you're starting off on the down low? Yeah. On a baddie? No, no, no. Oh. It's going to be a good one, but it's a mixed bag. I'll tell you why. Well, actually, let's let's go back to 2012. Yeah, and let's hear from Tobey Maguire. What What do you think of of Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man? How excited are you to see that movie? I'm really excited. I I, I think Mark Webb's a uh, an exciting filmmaker, and Andrew's a great actor. I've I've been a fan of his. I saw Boy A, uh, which I loved quite a you know a bit ago, not quite a while, but a bit ago, and. Um, and of course, uh, Social Network, and um, I saw him in something else. I'm I'm blanking, but I'm I'm a fan. I'm excited to see what they do. Of course, Tobey Maguire, who was the original Peter Parker, yep, Spider Man. He's talking about the Amazing Spider Man, starring Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, yeah. Reese Ifans, and plenty of others. Because of course, this was um, the 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 soon to be. Rebooted once again. Um, iteration of everyone's most favourite Marvel superhero, Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, of course, we had the, the first three Spider-Man films by Tobey Maguire. Um, Spider-Man back in 2002 when it first graced our screens. I just left school when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, same, I think I was in... We must have been in college, right? Yeah, just about um, to go to college. That film originally... Scored ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it had a good start. My, my only problem with that original Spider-Man was he was able to shoot webbing out of his wrist. Yeah, our favourite web slinger has devices. Has he's, devices to. He's, he's a geek. He's a gadget man, isn't he? Yeah. Um, in two thousand and four, a couple of years later, Spider-Man Two, cracking film, brilliant film. We've mentioned it before in previous episodes. So good. Doc Ock is spot on. Brilliant. Storyline's great. Alright, so uh, Maguire still isn't a fantastic actor, but he doesn't do too bad in that outing. He's comfortable with the character and he's familiar. 
Yeah. We know what's going on. He's had to go through the origin story. We know what it is. And it was a great film. Oh, for sure. 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. So it's doing the sort of upside down V shape with the, the, the sequels, I guess. Yeah, because Spider-Man 3 2007 got 63% and it was a car crash. Oh, it was. Which we've talked about before. However, a couple of years, um, years later, five in fact, they decided to reboot it, not with, um, uh, with Maguire, but with a younger version of Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield. So this particular film made a worldwide total of $757.9 million. Jeez. Box office. Uh, it is the 75th highest grossest film. Um, the 7th highest grossing film of 2012. The 19th highest grossing superhero film. And the 5th grossing Spider-Man film. But more importantly, the highest grossing reboot of all time worldwide. Wow. So, um, it did pretty well in the box office. It was a reboot not long after we, we actually saw the first iteration of uh, of the silver screen. Um, but it got a score of 72%. So... Marginally better than Spider-Man 3, but not the lofty heights of Spider-Man 1 and 2. Now, apparently, um, the review said it was a well-chosen cast in a sure-handed direction which allowed the amazing Spider-Man to thrill, despite revisiting many of the same plot points as 2002 Spider-Man, and I have to agree. They've gone through the whole kind of origin story, albeit different. Yeah. They skipped the Ben Parker storyline, which is, again, depressing and well-trodden. But you spend a good two-thirds of the film kind of already going over old ground. Um, the only notable difference was having Gwen Stacy yeah. and her dad, the commissioner, um, and that interesting kind of uh, dynamic there. And then with the lizard, which well I know from the eighties and nineties TV uh, cartoon uh, as as the big bad, which we hadn't seen before. Oh, Kurt Connors. Kurt Connors, Doctor Kurt Connors. But that was it, really. Um, and it wasn't a great film. I think we both agree, Dan, that Garfield was was good. Yep. Sure. And he was a fresh take on what really should have been closer to the, to the comics. You know, he he was um, at college. So he's he's a young adult. Um, and I think he he was a welcome version, but it didn't quite get where it needs to be. No, and it certainly wasn't Spider Man Two. Oh, Amazing Spider Man Two as well. Even yeah, worse. not great. And well, to that end, they binned it off and went straight to Holland a couple of years later. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of why I answered the way I did, Dan, because it. It was good. It was better than Maguire. I'm sorry, just Spider-Man 3 was horrific. I just can't get the out of my mind the dancing emo Peter Parker. It's just yeah. it was horrific and, and cringeworthy. Um, and I wanted Garfield to do more. I wanted him to have a third outing because I think they just stopped too short. But ultimately, Holland is close to the material. I think he he is a good actor, and I think unfortunately he's got the correct storyline writers and, and backing of Marvel Disney now the, which makes him such a huge success oh, sure. so it's it's a good reboot but unfortunately I think the the, the, the most recent version is the better reboot mm. but Andrew Garfield has his place and you know he shouldn't be shadowed by Holland because he still did a very good effort at this version of the wall crawler oh for sure so okay 
not great, but he definitely wasn't bad. And we're going to touch on some absolute shocker <laughs> of uh, of reboots throughout this uh, this episode. So, um, middling ground here on my first one. Though. Yeah. I'm going to start off with on a goodie. All the way back to 2009, Star Trek. Ah, yes, uh, this is one of mine as well. Director J.J. Abrams, yep. and it was written by Roberto Orki and Alex Hertzman. Kurtzman. Kurtzman um, does um, a lot of TV programs. So, uh, Designated Survivor, I think Ooh, he's also written. One of our favourites. One of our favourites on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, um, uh, a fantastic political drama. Um, season three, for me, was actually better. I know, I'm not too sure if you quite agree, Dan. Do you? Um, I've only gotten halfway through season one. Um, oh, oh, okay. Unfortunately, we stopped watching it, so I want to go back and re-watch it. Do. Um, season two, mixed bag. For me, when it got sold, I think it was CBS who picked up originally or someone, and then it was sold to Netflix proper. They yeah. didn't just dis- distribute it. They actually took on the rights and, and they made the season. Season three, for me, um, I thought was, was more impactful. But um, anyway, yes, he's he's well-known in the TV world, for sure. I just feel like the uh, the cast for this were was, was spot on. Oh yeah, and when we had Chris Pine as James C. Kirk, yep, Zachary Quinto as Spock, who was phenomenal, and he's such a good actor in um, Heroes. Yeah, do you ever watch Heroes? Sila, ah, oh, spine pinning, tingly, pinning people against the wall and like cutting their heads open. Oh, fantastic! Um, so grim. Yeah, he's he's got a presence for sure. That that uh, that actor is great. Uh, one of our favourites, Carl Urban from The Boys, uh, as Bones, Bones, or Doctor Leonard Nimoy. Zoe Saldana, who is Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, she plays yeah. Uhura. Uh, take my leave there, mate. No. Okay. Uh, Simon Pegg is Scotty. Yep. Wonderful actor. Uh, John Cho is Sulu. He's fantastic. Uh, sadly, the the late Anton Yelchin is yeah. Chekhov. Yeah, yeah, he's he he was such a good choice as well. Yeah, it's so sad what happened to him. Yeah, so sad. Um, Eric Banner, who played Captain Nero. He did. He did. And last but not least, honourable mention, Chris Hemsworth as George Kirk, the father of, of James T. Kirk. He he literally opens the uh, the film. So, uh, at the box office, this made $4 million on the opening day alone in the US. Yep. Uh, in total, it only made $385.7 million with a budget of $150 million. Mm-hmm. So it didn't do as well as it probably should have done but it did score well it did uh, Rotten Tomatoes scored it 94% mm-hmm. uh, do you want to know what they said please Star Trek reignites a classic franchise with action humour a strong story and brilliant visuals and will please traditional Trekkies and new fans alike I think I think that's, that's spot on because you re- this this version really did introduce people who hadn't really got on board with the, the television programmes. Yeah. Because they can be quite in-depth and technical and quite deep sci-fi kind of programmes. And this is quite light-hearted and a good introduction for, for people that mm. perhaps couldn't get on board with um, Deep Space Nine, Get and See, uh, Voyager, <laughs> uh, The Next Generation, which is fantastic. Um, and and yeah, it's it's... It's well written, very well executed. The the investment and the CGI was phenomenal. Oh, well, it is cool. phenomenal. Um, interesting fact here, Dan. Um, that particular film, um, 
actually was the highest grossing in the United States and Canada for the entire Star Trek film franchise. Oh, really? Eclipsing The Voyage Home and Star Trek The Motion Picture. Wow. So um, it, it was very well received and one of the most successful of the Star Trek films. But the subsequent films, Dan? Yeah. Did you capture any info on these? No, I didn't. Star Trek Into Darkness. That had... Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumbersnatch. <laughs> Cucumber Patch. Um... Back in 2013, that scored 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not quite as good as as the first one. Mm. Star Trek Beyond, Idris Elba. Yeah. 2016, 86%, so marginally so better. Slightly better. But not as good as the first one. No, the first one was just so good. Like, I loved that. I, um, I didn't see it at the cinema. I actually ended up buying it on DVD from, I think, Sainsbury's for a okay. bargain three quid a couple no of years way. later. And I loved it. I saw it in the cinema and it's just it's it was phenomenal to watch. Um soundtrack was brilliant, the um the sound effects were great. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just about the visuals, it was also about the sound, you know, the the the, the, the bing of the the old yeah. school ra- uh, radar, the um scanners, um and you know, the the swish of the doors and yeah. it's just it was it was so on point but yet so crisp and modern. Is that such a thing? It just they did so so well, and obviously it was well received. And um, yeah, it's one of my more favourite um, modern films. That franchise mm. for sure. And yeah, the casting was absolutely phenomenal, on point. So uh, yeah, well done, JJ Abrams. Of course, shock. Well, yeah, I will say, Dan. This to bring it down a little bit. It's the lens flare. Yeah, classic Abrams. Too much freaking lens flare. Just <laughs> goes off every two bloody minutes in the beginning of the film but oh, there's the enterprise exactly you're blinded <laughs> um, you know if, if you didn't have epilepsy beforehand you bloody did at the end of that film oh, but sure. um, it must be said it, you know a lot of people have comments on that yeah it's fine it's just his hallmark but it's it's still a good film and yeah I thoroughly enjoy it good choice Dan um, my second one just an absolute car crash. What the bloody hell was this? Oh, no. 2018's The Mummy. Oh, is this the one with Tom Cruise? Now, yeah. And he 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 part um, directed and had a hand in it because he wanted to kick off... Wanted to, past tense, unsuccessful, to kick off um, the, uh, the Dark Universe, the DC Dark Universe. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm obviously sort of making actions which people can't see. No, doesn't fine. translate well in uh, in an audio format, but he is, guys. Yeah. Um, and to that end, this film actually didn't start uh, start off that what I was hoping to be a promising um, universe and sunk it even before it had taken off. Didn't watch it. It was that shit. Um, starring Tom Cruise, Annabelle Wallace, Sophia Butella, not Natella. Uh, Jake Johnson and of course Russell Crowe now synopsis directed by Alex Kurtzman who's also um, familiar to uh, successful TV outings was intended to be the first instalment as I say of the cancelled Dark Universe franchise the film stars Tom Cruise as a US soldier who accidentally unnursed the ancient tomb of an entrapped Egyptian princess so again a change from the first film uh, which I'll talk about in a sec um now, this the film initially received negative reviews from critics, and only get this grossed four hundred and ten million worldwide. Really, 
Oh Which in modern standards, that's not an awful lot of money. Given if you haven't got eight hundred to a billion, that's considered quite the quite the the flop. Um, apparently, the budget for this get this was one hundred twenty five to one hundred ninety five million dollars. Oh. Which apparently making it a box office bomb. What do you reckon Rotten Tomatoes gave it? Uh, I'm going to say somewhere below 25%. 16%. They said, lacking the campy fun of the franchise's most recent entries and failing to deliver many monster movie thrills, the mummy suggests a speedy unravelling for the dark universe. Interesting enough, the same year, Cruz also won the Golden Raspberry Awards for the worst actor back in 2018. (laughs) Oh dear. Which, if you think about it though, the previous films with Brendan Fraser... They were good. Really good. Had one Family of, fun. One of your favourite actresses as well. Oh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Daniel Craig's a very lucky man. He really is, isn't he? What a great family. What great looking kids they must have. Mm. Good genes. Yeah. Strong genes. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, we digress because my eyes are, are glazing over. Um, the previous films were, of course, about um, a, a rather kitsch... Is it fair to say Brendan mm. Fraser running around Egypt? Uh, you got John Hanna offering kind of the English kind of comedic element, um, where he he happens upon the ancient city of Harmanapcha, and of course um, is being chased around by uh, by an ancient mummy. Now, back in the day, that film made four hundred fifteen million against a budget of eighty, so it did really well. But yeah, back in the 90s, that was phenomenal. But apparently it only got a score of 59% of Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it's just under Certified Fresh. Um, but it has said, it's difficult to make a persuasive argument for The Mummy as any kind of meaningful cinematic achievement, but it's undeniably fun to watch. I don't disagree. And to that end, a couple of years later, did The Mummy Returns. Again, Vice and um, Fraser make a return for, I think it's... Um, a a Chinese emperor mummy this yeah. time, and that ranked in four hundred thirty three million with a budget of ninety eight. So again, quite similar ratios there. Uh, I think that one last one was back in ninety eight. But you know, I mean, Brendan Fraser has been out of the limelight for Hollywood for quite some time now. I think for unfavorable or unfair means, but this was a reboot that no one really wanted. Mm. no one ever asked for and it's really poorly directed I think it's unfortunate because Cruz had a part to play and he, he wanted to be like the the um, the main star attraction of that whole franchise that he was trying to build and it flopped in my opinion because of it mm. I remember watching it and thankfully only, only I've I, I talked about this before but in the UK here if you do certain deals with certain um online aggregators you can get money off certain things so i think i bought home insurance or something and you you get like a two for one ticket deal yeah. and um or, or a free a free cinema ticket and i went there on my free cinema ticket and again i was absolutely seething that i'd wasted <laughs> a my time and being my ticket on on this film uh, and the reason being is i sat there and i think the the the, the, the script writing was and the, the director was so poor that a scene had finished they would move on only then to almost go back and you could tell that they filmed it back to back and then filmed the preceding segment before then going back and it's, mm. 
it felt like the film wasn't going anywhere yeah and you could tell that it was very poorly cut and directed and it just it wasn't great and when you look at the the, the fun family friendly rich egyptian background of the originals this one didn't make any sense it was the tom cruise action hero film which no one wanted in this setting it just didn't make an awful lot of sense i think i'm at a point now where i just want tom cruise to retire and unfortunately i think he will do because he kind of owns mission impossible and that's still making lots of money dan so he's still going to be around for a while but this certainly is one of his missteps and yeah 16 percent certainly confirms that so if you haven't seen the reboot don't bother Go back to the Brendan Fraser 90s classics because that's where it's at. And that's my first flop. It's bloody terrible. And they shouldn't have made it because no one wanted it. Get in the sea. Hashtag gits. I feel like we need to start making our own uh, sort of Rotten Tomatoes. But do it on like... Our git scale. The the git scale, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should get Joey to knock something up for us. I'll throw him some beers. I do own a couple of beers. Perhaps we'll have a... We're talking around to it over, mm. over a couple of pints. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So next up for me, yeah, Kong Skull Island, twenty seventeen. You like this, didn't you? I really enjoyed this. Well, I haven't seen it. I've seen um, I've seen other kind of monster type films, but I haven't seen this one. Give you a bit of synopsis, Alex. Yeah. Scientists, soldiers, and adventurers unite to explore a mythical uncharted island in the Pacific Ocean. Got me sold. Cut off from everything they know, they venture into the domain of the mighty Kong, igniting the ultimate battle between man and nature. As their mission of discovery soon becomes one of survival, they must fight to escape from a primal world where humanity does not belong. Bloody hell. It's a blinder. Um, it's directed by Jordan Vot. It's directed what? by Jordan <laughs> Vot Roberts. Okay. It's a bit of a mouthful, that one, Alex. Yeah, that's uh, what she said. Written by, <laughs> written by Dan Gilroy, Max Borenstein, and Derek Connolly. She didn't, by the way. It's got some good casting in this as well, Alex. Oh, yeah. Tom Hiddleston as James Conrad. Hashtag T-Hits. Samuel L. Jackson as Preston Packard. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson as Mason Weaver. All right. And John C. Riley as Hank Marlowe. So some uh, some MCU family there. There is some MCU family. Yeah. Uh, had a budget of 185 million and had the hang on a budget of 185 185 that's a lot it is a lot of money but it did do well at the box office a lot of CGI I guess yes yeah uh, it raked in 566.7 million worldwide okay so it didn't do too badly Rotten Tomatoes rated it at 75% no way so it did well and they said this offering exhilarating eye candy Solid acting and a fast-paced story, Kong Skull Island earned its spot in the movie Monsters Mythos without ever matching up to the classic original. When we say classic, is this like the... I think we're talking about the one the from 50s, is it? the 50s where he's the black and climbing white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Empire State. I mean, that is a great film. Um, For sure, it's a classic. It is great. But can you really compare? I mean, nothing will ever match up to... The originals or the classics. That's proper silver screen. That I is. mean, this is, I guess, the modern take, but still in that era. Yeah. But it's very good. I think what they're doing is they're setting up for the next big monsters. I think okay. there will be a Godzilla versus Kong at some point. Uh-huh. 
I want more Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson. Right. That it's it's a very good film. I really enjoyed it, um, especially when you watch them trying to take Hong Kong. Yeah. Who essentially I think becomes an ally at some point in towards the end of the film. Huh. It's really good. That's piqued my interest. Interestingly, Samuel L. Jackson's not your uh, your good guy. He's a he bit does of, play a good bad guy. He's, from time he's time. a bit of a baddie in this one. Oh, okay. Definitely check this one out. This is this is up there for me as a reboot. It's one of my favourites. Interesting. So I've started off with two goodies. You have for, for myself, which is probably um, a bit of a rarity, I guess. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've changed roles in this episode, Dan. Um, and to the end, I'm going to continue my downward spiral of despair. Oh no! I think you're going to join me in this one. Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, this actually appeared as one of my sequels that should never have happened. Indeed. Um, and if you haven't heard that one. Um, <laughs> It's a really good episode, actually. I really enjoyed that. We, we just ended up bitching for a good like hour and ten minutes. On, all gloom and doom. On all the, the films and why no one asked them. But um, if you haven't heard that one, again, I'll put it in the description below. Uh, but there, this is 2016's effort. Now, contrary to what I've just said, we did actually ask for a follow-up to Independence Day. We did. But this isn't the film we wanted. No. Far from it. Sadly not. Starring... Is this harsh to say? The wrong Hemsworth? Does Has Liam done anything decent? I mean, The Hunger Games, he's just a brooding side note. Yeah. Is that fair? To, is that harsh? Fuck yeah. It, fuck it, it's true. Um, <laughs> he's dropping F-bombs. He's the wrong, wrong Hemsworth. You've got Jeff Goldblum, who reprises his role as um, the Doctor. Even he couldn't save this film. Bill Pullman and Michael Monroe. Now, apparently the synopsis is that, uh, well, it's directed by Roland Emmerich, who co-wrote the original, so it should have been in safe hands, Dan. I it should have been. He was just there for the money. He was trying to get the bank. Now, the film takes place 20 years after the events of the first film, during which the United Nations has collaborated to form Earth Space Defence. That already sounds shit, doesn't it? Yeah, awful. Um, an international military defence and research organisation, which will never happen because... People are too greedy and want to fight over real estate that they'll never be able to get their act together. But yep. anyway, um, through reverse engineering, the world has fused the power of alien technology with theirs and laid the groundwork to resist the second invasion, which of course does happen. The aliens do return, bigger, badder, and in revenge for obviously laying waste to their um, friends, colleagues, families, <sighs> whatever. Um, I got through about halfway through as Dan turned it off. Uh, unfortunately, I spent money at the cinema to see Oh, this. damn. Although this was at a simpler time when I had car insurance through um, Compare the Market and you get the uh, sort of two for two. for two. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to cinema to see this and I wish I hadn't. Uh, Awful. Well. Fuming. Still fuming. Reviews. On. Reviews. You're not alone. 29% Rotten Tomato said. And they said it's undeniably visually impressive. I'm somewhat on the fence, I'm not too sure. I think they, they went over the top with, with yeah. uh, CGI, personally. But like its predecessor, Independence Day Resurgence lacks enough emotional heft to support its end-of-the-world narrative stakes. Which I think is a little bit harsh, because actually I don't wholly agree with that statement, but I certainly didn't care enough about the characters or believe in them yeah. to really give a shit if they lasted long enough for me to, to turn it off. I mean, if, if Earth had blown up, fine. So be it. I'll definitely throw him under the, uh, the the spaceship. I couldn't give a give him monkeys. <laughs> um, box office, get this: three hundred and eighty nine point seven, 
million dollars it took worldwide. 53% less than the first film against a production budget of 165. If I recall, Independence Day was one of the highest grossing films of 96. Yep. It took in the original back in 96, took $817.4 million. So it nearly hit the 1 billion mark. Drop the mic. And that's the sound of the plop of the <laughs> That one, of course, was where starring Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum and Mary McDonnell. Will Smith apparently had a clash of um, of films, which, of course, must be bullshit because he must have looked at the script and gone, I don't touch that with a basketball. Yeah, shit, mate. Um, so, yeah, didn't even get anywhere close to the original. <clears throat> it was a sequel that we wanted to see. We wanted to see the aliens come back and see what we would do knowing that was going to happen because we, we knew they'd always return but not in that way mm. and it was so disappointing to say thank you I didn't go to cinema I watched it at home but I turned it off because I didn't want to use my time up watching that trash um, and I'm really disappointed Dan because we both we talked about it so I won't go through it again for the third or fourth time in this in this podcast channel but what I will say is you know, we both went to cinema we both loved it and it's still well it's on my Christmas list this year oh, okay. for Blu-rays nice because um, you know you can't not so it's, it's it's nostalgic it's a great film I think it's one of my most favourite early Will Smith you know post Fresh Prince films but yeah the the, uh, the, the follow up was just it's terrible yeah it just wasn't needed sadly even though we asked for it we got that. Just wasn't the film that uh, that we're looking for. So yeah, um, Roland Emmerich let everyone down. So um, Emmerich, I hope you're uh, you're happy because we're not. I hope your destination Mariana Trench, mate. In you go. That's fully in the sea. That's <laughs> that's as deep you can get. Hopefully, some of those like kaiju's eat him or something. I don't know. Oh what now? One of those kaiju's. Did you ever watch uh, Pacific Rim? The big monsters that come oh, out. Oh yes, oh, they Those did come out trench, yeah. yeah, hopefully they they eat them. Yeah, is that a thing? It is now. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, again another appalling film. Um, that's me. Going to keep the ball rolling with the goodies. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw in Batman Begins 2005. Ah yes, I've got this one. Uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, written by Nolan himself and David Goyer. I got a question. Sorry, just very quickly. Is there anything that Nolan does that's shit? Because no. it seems like everything he's touching in the last 10 to 15 years is absolute cinematic gold. Mm. I agree. I don't think I've actually seen anything bad from him. I mean, I suppose the last film of this Batman trilogy wasn't the strongest of the three. I've got some facts on that after you finished. Oh. But, um... Alex just, has got you covered. Just, just reflecting, he's he is a genius, and I think he he does so well in terms of combining the music and the uh, the storyline and mm. the the casting is so so phenomenal that it's any wonder, I guess, that he he does so so well. But yeah, fantastic stuff. Phenomenal cast as well. So we've got Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne or Batman. I really that that was. Uh, a curveball for me. I never really... When he was mm. first cast, I don't think anyone really thought that was a good choice. But he was. He did a, he did a good job. Really a good job. A great job. 
Um, I think this is a fantastic casting uh, for Alfred Pennyworth. Michael Caine. 100%. Spot on. Yep. Uh, Liam Neeson as Henry Ducard or Raj Al Ghul. Raj Al Ghul. Raj Al Ghul. Yep. Uh, Katie Holmes. Um, Do you know what? Well, okay. Not... She she can't act. No. Uh, but she plays Rachel Dawes. She, I, I was quite glad she, she made an exit in the second film. Bye. She's so bad. Yeah. How? How? But we get back onto good casting terms. But we do, terms. sorry, yes. We yes. Get I, don't, good... I don't drag us back, come on. Back onto good casting terms yeah. with uh, Gary Oldman as James Gordon. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal actor. Yeah, great choice. Uh, is it Killian? Killian Murphy? Killian Murphy. As Jonathan Crane or The Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. And last but not least, actor's gold, Morgan Freeman. Yep. As Lucius Fox. The techie. Phenomenal casting. Yep. Um... Had a budget of 150 million. Box office wise, it rates in 375.2 million dollars. Yeah, not the, strong. Well, it's the but... fourth, apparently the fourth highest grossing Batman film, uh, behind Tim Burton's Batman, which grossed 411 million worldwide. Mm. But Rotten Tomatoes rated it, rated it at 84. percent They did, uh, and they said this. Brooding and dark, but also exciting and smart. Batman Begins is a film that understands the essence of one of the definitive superheroes. It does. And I think the litmus test for a good film is when my wife can go to cinema, watch it, and enjoy it, and still want to watch it when she gets home. She hates superhero films. If it, if it doesn't... If it's not a you know, chick flick, um, she ain't interested. Mm. And she saw it at the cinema, and she, she watched all of them, actually. And she uh, she loved them, so um, that's that's your test for a good film. If you can sit through it, you know you're onto a winner. Won some awards. It did. It won some awards. Well, uh, Saturn Awards. It won best fantasy film, best screenplay, and Christian Bale won best actor. And that was in two thousand six. Too right. Uh, Hollywood Film Awards. It won sound of the year. I went to David Evans in two thousand five, and MTV Movie and TV Awards. Uh, best hero went to Christian Bale. Yep. But I think this was a much needed Batman film when you think we had we had Michael Keaton in the early nineties or was it the late eighties? Yeah, late eighties. Which was eighty nine, was it? Yeah. Which was a brilliant film, and then we sort of go later on. We had George Clooney. <laughs> yeah. So to reboot Batman with with this, it needed it. It needed that sort of refresh. I think I think the Batman franchise was tarnished in the the nineties. Um, you know, you had Batman and Robin. You then had Alicia Silverstone as mm. Bat Batgirl, Batwoman. Didn't need it. Didn't want it. We still were given it. We were given Halle Berry's Catwoman. Yeah, it just it just it was in a really bad situation. So. Nolan behind the the steering wheel uh, or the Batmobile um, did such a good and it's really brave as well mm. if you think because at that point you've had I want to say four or five different iterations don't forget you had Val Kilmer oh of course which wasn't wasn't bad but it wasn't great um, so I think at that point you had five or five or six perhaps Batman films and this took it in an entirely different direction mm. um 
And interesting enough, Dan, have you got any facts or figures on the following t- two films? I do not. The Dark Knight, back in 2008, a couple of years later, scored a uh, stratospheric 94% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Well deserved. Made one billion pound, or dollar, in the box office. Phenomenal. The Dark Knight Rises, 2012, 87%, dropped a couple of percent points. In excess of one billion dollar made again. Made some serious bank. Oh, of course. So, again, all done by Nolan. So, um, it must be said, this reboot is what I guess people were looking for. I think they handled the characters so very well. The storyline was great. It introduced some very good characters and script work. And, again, it was very dark. Mm. Which is what Batman is. Yeah. Don't need this sort of clowny circus that was the George Clooney films. And they were just... It was... It was really not the right tone at all. Um, it, perhaps it was a film of its time, I don't know, but no one needs uh, uh, an Arnold Schwarzenegger Iceman. running around Mr. with Mr. F- yeah, Dr. Freeze. Just not needed. Jim Carrey's Riddler. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, but of course we're going to get another reboot. Yeah, so we've had... Our Pats. Our Pats, yeah. And just just more recently, in the last couple of days of recording, have you seen the news? I haven't. I need to start writing news for a November roundup, so I'm sure I'll, I'll come across it. But yeah, no, do enlighten me. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Get in the Sea. Oh, okay. Colin Farrell. Who's Colin Farrell going to play, Dan? Oh, Allegedly. Don't tell me it's going to be the Joker. No. Or the Riddler? No. Uh, I'm to be honest my DC villains is a bit hazy there's only really one other one we haven't mentioned which is big out there was part of the original films uh, played by uh, DeVito oh the penguin apparently so how well they, they're they saying that he's going to play more of the um, Telltale games do you ever play any of those no I've, I've seen them I'm they're pretty good yeah they're um it's like cartoony, cell-shaded mm. type graphics. Um, press this button, do this quick time animation type. I think there's one for Guardians of the Galaxy, if I recall. Yeah. Um, and they did one for Fables, which is brilliant. It's fantastic. Um, I think the studio's gone under, but they're still selling... I don't know who licensed it, but they're still selling the games. Um, anyway, in the the, 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 the Batman version, uh, there's a character in there who is his, the family friend of Bruce Wayne. And um, it looks a little bit like Farrell. So they're suggesting that they might take that route as opposed to the okay. the rotund, uh, grotesque-looking, deformed character which you've seen of the, the yeah. Burton days. It's it's all hearsay at the minute, but it, there tends to be something in it. So it's looking like you may join this particular R. Patterson um, world. I hope not, because I don't rate Farrell, really. No, I'm the same. But we shall see, and it could be rebooted. I think it's in the next eighteen months. So uh, yeah. time's going to tell whether they should have done that one. But it's got a lot to live up to for Nolan. Oh, you know, of course, he's made over nearly three billion dollars of film, um, and you know, Kristen Bale can just sit back and relax. He doesn't have to do another film again if he doesn't want to. Yeah. You know, he's he could do a um, a Mark Hamill. He's done Star Star Wars. Yeah. Just 
just does voice acting now for cartoons. Yeah, oh, he's so good as a Joker though. It's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. But anyway, yeah. So um, we shall see. But that's one reboot. I definitely agree, Dan. That should should have been done and definitely well deserved. Hmm. Definitely. Um. So I'm then going to talk about another film that we never asked for. Actually, it's my last one. Okay. It's Ghostbusters back in 2016. This was the all-female cast, wasn't it, with Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth as the receptionist. Now, look, I I have no issue with an all-female cast. There are some people that said, you know, oh, it shouldn't be, it's not right, whatever, get in the don't. I'm not of that class. I don't care as long as it's well thought out, well executed. And they, I think what they they did was they went too comedic, whereas you had a mixed bag in the original films. Yeah, you had some silly and some smart mixed in to what ended up being quite a well balanced kind of film, tonally. Whereas this one they went all comedy. Yeah, and I just think it it just couldn't take itself seriously, and therefore I don't think any of the 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 audience did. Um, you know, it stars Melissa McCarthy. Christine Wig, who I do rate, I think she's a yeah. great actress. A Kate McKinnon, a Leslie Jones, and of course Hemsworth, as I said. Um, now the story does, of course, focus on four women and their assistant, who's Hemsworth, who begin a ghost catching business in New York City. Um, not too dissimilar, I guess, to the the humble beginnings of the original Ghostbusters, but they came together as a necessity as opposed to creating business. Yeah. Um, now in the box office the film took a worldwide total of 229 million with a net production budget of 144 due to the large amount spent on marketing alone the studio stated the film would need to gross at least 300 million to even break even didn't touch it not even close now according to Variety sources familiar with the film's financing Estimate the total loss to be about 75 million total, of which, due to co-financing with Village Roadshow, Sony were about to lose about $50 million on that. And I wince. That's got to hurt. <laughs> but of course, that's why you see multiple studios working in collaboration with one another, because you've got to be all in, and they are massive gambles. This mm. is loads of money that you are looking to lose, and you can sink a studio overnight. If your timing window's wrong, if you get the, the script work and the casting wrong, you as a studio and production company can go. Uh, and you know, these these large companies took a hit. Sucks to be a shareholder in that year. Oh, yeah. Um, now, reviews. Strangely, Dan, have you seen the, the, re- the reboot? I did. Uh, my other half was interested in it, so I thought, okay, mm-hmm. we'll watch it. I think it was on Netflix or Amazon Prime. can't remember I think which. it was Prime, yeah. Eat one or the other. I didn't mind it, um, but you say it doesn't live up to the classics. So essentially, Ghostbusters does an impressive job of standing on its own as a freewheeling, marvellously cast supernatural comedy. Even if it can't help but power somewhat in comparison to the original, classic original. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I'm somewhat there. 74% it was got or received on um, Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm not too sure about. But if we look back at the original... Ghostbusters back in 1984. Yeah. A year before we were born, Dan. Oh, simpler time. Um, the box office, now of course estimated, to have earned 295 million worldwide after a number of re-releases. Guess how much the budget was of that film? 
It can't have been massive back then. 25 to 35 million. So it's, that's peanuts now, really, when uh-huh. you think about it. Now that started, of course, Bill Murray, Bill Murray, shall I say, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, scored 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Solid. A, uh, an infectiously fun blend of special effects and comedy with Bill Murray's hilarious deadpan performance leading a cast of great comic turns. And I couldn't agree more. Mm. And, you know, that it's really tough to go up against that kind of score of that calibre of acting. You know, even of that time, they were probably at the at the peak and the prime of their, their, their careers. And so to try and do it again, you know, 30-plus years later, yeah. it was very bold. And unfortunately, it was just a, a massive miscalculation. It shouldn't have been just just pure comedic. I don't think anyone really wanted it. Mm. Nah. But they are doing um, a Ghostbusters, but I think of this, the original cast. Yeah. So continuing that storyline as opposed to the rebooted one, which I think is due out next year. Oh, good. Uh, not an awful lot has been released upon it, but I think they've, uh, they've finished filming. So, um... Yeah, not good. And um, it hurts some people in their pockets. Mm. Sucks to be Sony. I'll keep old, old light in the mood again. Please do. Um, this year's Aladdin, the, the live action adaption of the 1992 animation classic. Now, um, I've seen that very recently, Dan, and I didn't want to like it. I was the same. I was like, oh, this shouldn't be as good as it actually is. I loved it. Oh, brilliant. Um, it is a different take on the film. It's one of those things where you sort of sit down and go, it's a live action, one of my favourites as a kid. Am I going to enjoy it? Am I going to waste two hours of my life? Yeah. Because I saw Aladdin as a very wee nip. I think it was, I want to say it was the first film I ever saw at the cinema. 92, is it? 92. Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been I think one of the first films we've seen mm. at seven years old. Uh, but it's directed by Guy Ritchie, uh, produced by Dan Lynn and Jonathan Eyrick, screenplay by John August and again Guy Ritchie. Mm. Not a star-studded cast. I suppose the only real big actor here is Will Smith as the genie. Yep. Uh, you got Mina Masood as Aladdin. Naomi Scott, who I will mention again shortly okay. on one of my bad reboots. Yep. So this is happening as Jasmine. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a Uh-oh. tongue-twisting name. Uh-oh. It sounds a bit dodgy, actually, and I hope I've written down this right. Marwankanzari. Mar- <laughs> I don't think he's be sharing <laughs> sharing that down. This is a different different podcast. Um, whoever this guy is, um, he, he plays Jafar. Jesus, <laughs> can you say that? And commit to recording? Is that Marwankanzari? Okay? Yeah. Do you need to go see a doctor? Could you do that? That's that's horrific. Either I haven't broken the name up, or or maybe it's just Marwan Kinzari. That sounds better <laughs> than than what you're admitting to our listeners. This is why <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't drink wine and write your notes down. You know, we talked about this before in previous episodes. I'm gonna get. I need a tablet. It's, I'm gonna get one for Christmas. That's it. You need <laughs> what? You, you mean like medication? <laughs> or, think... or more wine? 
Because you're sharing an awful lot these days on this on, the, on this podcast. Oh, we're both dying. Jesus. Oh, ribs everywhere. Uh, we've got. I need to find my <laughs> find my ground again. Yep. And the seam, Pedrad as Dahlia. Yep. Let's say not star studded, uh, but great music and great costumes. So this is something my other half pointed out. She said the the costumes are on point. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think the scenes are so rich and colourful, and it's one thing they are very much in keeping with um, the the, you know, the original kind of cartoon. You know, it's mm. it was so vibrant, and I think they they did a fantastic job of uh, on the wardrobe department and just transferring that through to to live action. It was it was great. Now, it only had a budget of one hundred eighty three million. Did it? It did. However. At the box office, it broke just over the one billion mark, and it was the forty-first film to reach the milestone on the twenty-sixth of July. Wow! So it's up there with the Avengers and all the Marvel films. So Disney are—they're rolling it, raking in the bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't realise it broke through the the one billion. A lot of yeah. a lot of people that I've spoken to at work or in your know, personal life said they'd seen it, and that many people that you speak to in different social circles all saying they've seen that you know it's going to bring in a lot of money so um, I didn't know that but it it doesn't kind of surprise me if you think about it from that perspective mm. yeah um, didn't rate too well on Rotten Tomatoes though oh I only got 57% no way I, I can understand if you are comparing it against the the original 90s classic mm. But I almost looked at this from a different pair of eyes. I just saw this as an entirely different kind of storyline. Yeah. They they try to do some scenes one for one, uh, which you, you do hear about in these reboots. You know, Lion King pretty much was cell for cell, exactly the same as, as the hand, hand-drawn version. Yeah. Um, but I... There were times, actually, that I did chuckle because it was very witty. And actually, I thought Will Smith did a very, very good job of... I tried to do his own take on Gene. You can never yeah. do any better than Robin Williams because he was such, you know, a, a wonderful actor and had his own kind of charisma, which can can't be rivaled. But I don't feel as though they they tried to recreate it. Mm. I get the impression, and I'm sure many others did, because it brought in that money, that they tried to do something of a different take, and I I felt that coming through. Yeah. So I didn't watch it and go, well, this has been done better before 30 years ago. I saw it as uh, an entirely different different effort, and that's what I took away from it. I mean, what I can take away from my notes is uh, it never approaches the dazzling splendour of the animated original. If you compare it one for one. Yeah. And I don't disagree, but I don't think you should. It did win awards. Yeah? Yeah. So Teen Choice Awards, which I think is like the Nickelodeon Awards... Thingy. I, I might so. be wrong. I yeah. might be wrong. Uh, Will Smith won Best Actor, and Mina Masood won Best Actress for Sci-Fi and Fantasy category. Uh-huh. And Saturn Awards, uh, Michael Wickinson, he won Best Costume Design. Which again, we go back yeah. a couple of minutes before we uh, we're getting names wrong. Quite fantastically, <laughs> and he started oversharing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you can see why. Just it's very well well received. I mean, we did get some feedback from our, some of our listeners on live Disney action films, but we, we can get to that at the end uh-huh. about reboots. Yeah. Have you got any other films? No, I'm uh, I'm spent. 
Okay. To keep that theme. Uh, well, I'll keep it going with a couple of bad ones. Crack on. Power Rangers 2017. Um, directed by Dean Israelite. It was produced by Haim Saban, who yeah. did the original TV series, uh-huh. which we all knew and loved from oh, the 90s. Oh, brilliant. I had all the toys for it. Uh, Brian Cassatini, Marty Bowen, and Wick Godfrey. The story, which should never have happened, Alex, yeah. written by Matt Sazama, Burke Sharpless, Michelle Maloney, and Kieran Mulroney. So I guess they're partners in crime. Shocking. Stars. I, again, I'm going to take a take a guess at the name. Oh. Dacra Montgomery as Jason. Naomi Scott, who played Jasmine in Aladdin, as Kimberly. Of course she does, yeah. R.G. Siler as Billy. Becky G. as Trini. Ludie Lynn as Zach. Ludie Lynn? Yeah. Bill Hader as Alpha 5. All right. Brian Cranston as Zordon. Yes. And Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. The budget was 105 million. Box office, shaking my head here, 142.3 million. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So it was a flop. That's really bad, isn't it? I tell you what really annoyed me about this film. Um, I mean, you do get your sort of money shot where all the Zords come out and you get the music. And I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. But the whole film is about trying to find your feelings to be able to morph. Yeah. None of this, like, you know, they had the hands uh-huh. held things with the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, none of that. It was like a rock. And they had to find their feelings to be able to morph into their suits. Yeah. Trash. I just, I thought it was really boring because they spent most of the film cave diving. Yeah, exactly. So is... you went to see this as well? No, I saw uh, I, I saw it at home, and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> and it's just... I could see they were going with it, but it just... You just find... I know, look, I say this term, I know it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it really is unbelievable that teenagers would go to a quarry, find themselves in a situation where they, they knowingly blow up part of the, the quarry to get to these, these stones. They end up jumping off cliffs. So it's just... None of it made any kind of a meaningful sense, mm. and they're just then they're 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 in this cave, and as you say, trying to find their feelings. And I never really got the sense of purpose. Yeah, like why why are you doing this? Like I know you're misfits, and I know that you you spend your days in detention together, and you've got that kind of camaraderie there, but that's not enough to to warrant forming a superhero group and then mm. trying to save the world I just didn't get it no it's hugely disappointing yeah um, it, it it got 50% on Rotten Tomatoes wow that's generous I would have bumped it down a little bit lower to yeah, yeah. below 20% in my opinion and they said Power Rangers has neither the campy fun of its TV predecessor nor the blockbuster action of its cinematic superhero competitors and sadly, never quite manages to shift into turbo for some good old-fashioned morphing time. Yeah, totally agree with that. Apart from the uh, the score, for sure. I mean, even like the the film from nineteen ninety five was better than this with Ivan Ooze. Yeah, and the CGI back then looked phenomenal. But you watch it now, it's pretty terrible. But yeah. either way, this this was horrific. 
in every single way and means. I thought, although I think some of the music was pretty good, but that was it. Mm. Yeah. Another flop that I wasted my time on. I didn't see it at the cinema, but I did borrow it off someone from work when I worked at Tesco. Did you give it back to them? I did. Oh dear. I had to. I didn't want to keep it. Horrendous. Yeah. Fantastic Four, 2015. Never saw it. Be glad you didn't. Yeah. Uh, directed by Josh Trank, produced by Simon Kinberg, Matthew Vaughan, Hutch Parker, Robert Colzer, and Gregory Goodman. Strong names there. Yeah. Screenplay by Jeremy Slater, Simon Kinberg, and Josh Trank. Now it does have some mentionable stars. Miles Teller as Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Yep. Michael B. Jordan. Indeed. As Johnny Storm, The Human Torch. Kate Mara, Sue Storm, The Invisible Woman. Jamie Bell as Ben Grimm, The Thing. And Toby Kebble as Victor Von Doom. Or Doctor Doom. Budget for this was $120 to $155 million. Uh, and the box office, it, it crashed. It died. $168 million. Oh. And it's the lowest grossing Fantastic Four film to date. So it did even worse than the ones from the early noughties. Yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes was not kind. And I will wholeheartedly agree with this. 9%. How many? 9%. Single digits, Alex. Wow. Single digits. Uh, Dull and downbeat. This Fantastic Four proves a woefully misguided attempt to translate a classic comic series without the humour, joy or colourful thrills that made it great. Yeah. Hashtag gits. And I seem to remember, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't it go through a number of different uh, reshoot issues and hash together re-scripting? Is that the issue? Yeah, I think they changed writers halfway through as yeah, well. Yeah, I think they, and they, they finished the film and thought, actually, this is bad. Yeah. We're going to basically just reshoot whole large sections and I think that's probably why you've got quite the car crash of, of tone and of uh, of scenes but mm. I mean to the end but be glad you've never seen it well yeah indeed um, awful woeful uh, I'd rather watch Chris Evans uh, as the human torch again and that sort of campy fun you see I didn't mind it too much the originals I, I do intrinsically disagree with their depiction of Galactus. Was should never have been a a cloud, an interstellar cloud. <laughs> That's just insane. Does this directing the Silver Surfer? I mean, why would the Silver Surfer be inclined to follow something like that? Mm. Anyway, um, all things aside, I, I I yeah, I think that's a good summary by Rotten Tomatoes. It for the sounds of it, it sucked all the life out of um, out of those previous versions. For sure. I'm going to round it off with one more. Yeah. Uh, 2005's War of the Worlds. Oh, right. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Produced by Kathleen Kennedy and Colin Wilson. Screenplay by Josh Friedman and David Rope. Stars Tom Cruise uh-huh. as Ray Ferrier. Dakota Fanning. Don't know whatever happened to her. She disappeared off the face of the planet. Um, she did some... Um... <clears throat> She did push with Chris Evans, yeah, uh, which is kind of a a shady kind of um, cult classic. But I think that's the last thing we ever saw of her. She she was a very uh, successful child actress, but mm. I think that's all she really ever was. Yeah. 
Uh, we have Justin Chatwin as Robbie Ferrier, Miranda Otto as Marianne Ferrier, and Tim Robbins as Harlan Ogilvy. Narrated by Morgan Freeman. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, budget was 132 million, and at the box office, it rated it rate ranked in ranked. And at the box office, it raked in 591.7 million dollars. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 75% certified fresh. Fresh. Uh, Steven Spielberg's adaption of War of the Worlds delivers on the thrill and paranoia of H.G. Wells' classic novel while impressively updating the action and effects for modern audiences. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, this isn't a bad reboot. I wouldn't say it was the best either. Yep. For me, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Saw it in my, it was okay. Uh, so did I and I think it's I've still got a DVD collection albeit it's in a, mm. um, it's in a, like a DJ box so there's just a couple of golden oldies still kicking around and um, I seem to remember it was quite jarring when um, the sector pods yeah. start basically vaporising people you just see like dust and clothes being thrown up into yeah. the air as they're effectively well that's it they're vaporised and yeah, it's 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 uh, it's quite a, it's quite a scary moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, I I I quite enjoyed it. I can't say that you know. Um, in these modern times, it would probably stand up to the test of time. But back in the day, it was it was a good effort. Yeah. Um, okay, it was another Tom Cruise is the center of the universe. I am the front man, it's all about me type of film. But I don't think it suffered too badly from it. Mm. Um I think it was a good it was a good attempt. Yeah, I mean we've got the T V series coming out soon, which will be based Have at we? the time of I think when the the novel was originally written. So Victorian times. And it was aired on the radio, yeah. Wow. So I think that's being released by the BBC, I wanna say, and that's okay. gonna be fairly soon. Looks wonderful. Yeah. I'll send you the trailer. Yeah, um, yeah cool. We'll drop it in the link below. Yeah, perfect. Look forward to that. Uh, but that's it for me. That rounds it all up for reboots. Um, well, at least for now. No doubt we'll do another volume. Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I think. I mean, yeah. We've had some goodies. We've had some baddies. We've got some that are just all right. Just okay. Um, do you want to give some uh, some listener feedback? And I may mention uh, a couple of ones that I didn't actually reference okay. before then wrapping up. Um, again, we have one of those moments where we put stuff on social media. People sort of just latch onto that one picture. How dare they? How dare they? But it's relevant. Yes. Uh, so we've got Tina at the Accidental Pods giving us some love again. Shout out to them. Um, I love Maleficent, but it was because it was a different story. The first yes. one, haven't seen the second. Uh, these other ones are just rehashing the original movies, but with live action. Seems like they're just remakes of their own movies. Which I guess is fine. It's got like the shoulder shrug yeah, emoji. Yeah. Uh, next up we've got Grace. She says, I think they're good when they have some original elements that weren't in the originals. I think this is why the Jungle Book reboot was better than the Lion King reboot. Uh-huh. The Lion King reboot was a complete carbon copy of the classic. It came across as rushed and shoddy. That's a bit harsh on John Favs. Do you think? Probably fair. 
I don't know. I've not seen The Lion King yet. Um, I haven't. Heard, I haven't seen it either. But um, I haven't heard good things. And also, they they decided to to have the um, one of the lead vocals sung by Beyonce. Now, this is a defo unpopular pop culture opinion, but I don't rate her. Who Beyonce? Yeah. Nah. I don't get like it. it, Dan. I just don't get it. She's talented, mm. but is she is she all of that? And I, I just feel as though they they casted her, and it was the Beyonce show. The way that they're they've been promoting it, I'm not sure if that's particularly fair. Well, funny you've got into that because Grace actually finishes it off with, I think the producers thought they could get away with it because they cast Beyonce as the lead. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have said that. Again, I'm only saying this second hand, so maybe perhaps that's unfair of me, but that's what I can refer because I haven't seen it. Mm. That they've actually, uh, I think. Beyonce sung some original songs not from the previous film they're like these songs are rubbish and they're not oh, okay. in keeping with the because I think every shot is pretty much one for one but they're like well this song doesn't even feature in the original so mm. what's going on they did it in Aladdin they had a couple of songs in there which weren't in the original but, it, but that worked though Dad, it didn't it because it was a, I think it was a different take on Aladdin if that makes any sense yeah. from my perspective mm. but apparently Lion King was one for one yeah so it's a bit of Beyonce it. and they, they, they thought they could get away with it and obviously a lot of people thought they didn't. Well, I'll have to watch it before I can judge myself. Now nah, I'm judging. You're judging now? Yeah. Oof, brutal. Uh, last up is David and he says, regarding The Lion King and the first comment, which I guess he's referring to Grace's, yep. there were changes in the film. One that springs to mind straight away when Timon and Pumbaa distract the hyenas. In the original, Timon sings a song whilst wearing a grass skirt, etc., etc. In the remake, he starts singing a song from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So I haven't seen it yet, but that's already sort of like making me go, okay, why why would you do that? They shouldn't do crossovers. That just breaks kind of the fourth wall, doesn't it? Personally, I don't like it when they don't stick to important parts of the originals. Take the remake of Beauty and the Beast after three films. They made the remake and they still managed to get Chip's chip on the wrong side of the cup. They you changed... had one job, guys. One job. One job. They changed the name of the footstool, dog, and many others. If you're going to recreate a classic, getting the characters right is a massive thing yeah. that should be done as the originals were. Mm-hmm. And I, go, I guess if we go back to Star Trek, where we were talking about the cast there, that was spot on. Yeah. So if you're going to do it again... <clears throat> You've got to get the casting right. And I guess to that point then, Dan, so um, this is not from the film world, but um, again, from a much-loved series, Friends. Yeah. We've got... um, I'm going to play just a clip from an interview that Jennifer Aniston has recently done where you talk about the the potential, or not the case maybe, to reboot Friends. Yeah. And I think they kind of hit this nail on the head based on what we've, I think, we've ultimately come to to realise. If I if I come up with some major dough for you, what what would it take for me to get you back in that role? I don't think not much. I don't think bullshit. It, <laughs> I honestly think it would. We would love it. I really think there is there is an idea that if 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 there is a reboot of the show, it will it will be it it, it won't be even close to as good as what as what it was. So why why do it? It would ruin it. It would ruin it. And the legacy is everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's it, really. They 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 talk about um, a legacy. Mm. If you're going to reboot it, you're you're effectively coming up against that legacy, and you've got to do it justice, or at least try and surpass that. 
And I think in most of the films we've mentioned which succeed, they have, in their own right, either tried to to not compete against it mm. or they've done their best and they've paid homage to it. Yeah. All the ones that have failed have done it so spectacularly wrong that they've gone totally off off brand, off tone, off casting and off storyline that people just just prefer the um the legacy and prefer not to be reminded of of a, a more recent modern effort. And I think that's a perfect example of when <clears throat> you shouldn't and yeah. know that you shouldn't and perhaps Tom Cruise should learn to to leave the mummy alone uh, and leave it to Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, totally agree. I just just couldn't get over that one. But yeah, it's it's all about legacy. I think when you talk about reboots, for sure. Are there any films out there that you wouldn't want a reboot of? Um, that's a good question. I mean, if I was going to put mine out there, it would be Back to the Future, the trilogy. So yeah. I feel like if you're going to reboot that, you're just going to shit all over Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd's legacy. Yep. Brilliant films. Don't need to be done again. Leave them alone. True. Um, I'm trying to think of... Well, I guess any of the MCU films. Mm. I agree. You know, they, they have built and maintained a legacy that's really untouchable. But you bet your ass they're going to try and reboot some that perhaps are, are less favourable than perhaps some of the big banking ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I hope they don't, but I suspect Disney can take a, a feign and a flop on the chin with their multi-billion dollar contracts. Um, notable mentions, though, Dan. Things you didn't mention that perhaps our listeners might jump on. Okay. Mad Max. Yeah. I got bored uh, halfway through and turned off. Um, Tomb Raider, Alicia Vikander. We talk about this more recently in terms yeah. of uh, computer gaming, gaming films. Yeah, um, making the second one. God knows why. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, they did another one. Yep, so done. Oh, I think no. two, if not three. Um, any Bond film? In effect, that's a reboot. Yeah. Um, Godzilla. Yeah, latest one panned. Terminator. Why? Don't need anything after two. Correct. Hellboy. David Harbour. Mm-hmm. Flopped. Superman. Yeah. Um, and any live action Disney films. <laughs> so those are kind <laughs> of um, the things that I could have mentioned but haven't. And of course, um, none of the, uh, the social media uh, guys did pick up on it. But, you know, those are some that we could perhaps talk about in another volume. Yeah, are sure. there any that you feel strongly about, guys? Or is there anything that we missed or perhaps you thought we should have mentioned? Um, get in contact and let us know, Dan. Facebook, we are on the Weekly Roundup with Alex and Dan. We are on Twitter at hello underscore TWRAD and Instagram hello dot TWRAD. Alternatively, we do have Gmail, which is hello.twrad at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message through Anchor. We'll put a link in. Just click on there. You can use your device as a, uh, well, you know, it's like a, like your phone, I guess. Just leave us a message yeah. after the tone. Beep. And yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll put you into uh, into uh, into the episode. He's a machine, isn't he, guys? He's good. Anyone thought he'd, he'd do this uh, week in, week out? After the editing. Yeah. But um, we can just stick around for the bloopers. Bloopers.
Um, but yeah, otherwise, um, I think I think we covered a lot of ground mm. in the last sixty uh, plus minutes. Um, and again, I, I enjoyed this episode for all of the researching, and um, probably my raised blood pressure as a result mm. because just what were they thinking, Dan? What were they thinking? Let's say some of them were good, some of them bad. Um, Tom Cruise is still raking in money somehow. Whatevs. Illuminati. Uh, but stay in touch. Keep an eye on those socials. We will be looking for your favourite Harry Potter moments. Um, your most anticipated pop culture in 2020. So yep. we're talking big screen, little screen, music, Cover box. books, comics, anything. Yep. Uh, we're going to have um, Christmas presents. Yep. I'm pop culture Christmas presents. And um, we may be able to squeeze in there a, uh, a annual... Now, uh, Christmas Day message. Yes. So we've got we've got plenty still in the pipeline left for you this year, uh, twenty nineteen. But um, if you have any recommendations or things you'd like to hear from us, either towards the end of this year or beginning of next, let us know. Plenty are, in the pipeline. We are always willing to um, to take recommendations, the whole work as we have done before this year. Yeah. For our listeners, so please continue to to give us some love on socials. Absolutely. But for another week, I've been Alex. I've been Dan. And we'll see you next time. Any again, this is a classic case where I can't read my notes. Visuals and will please. They said Aladdin retells its classic. I don't know. My notes are terrible again. Been drinking wine too yeah. much. But it, I mean. <laughs> We'll put a clip in. We'll put a. We'll put a link in. Just click on there. You can use. Your-